Hi and welcome. This is Buffering, an island talks podcast with Estra Egin and Joros Kapolis. We're two Cypriots living and working in Lisbon and Brussels, bringing you dispatches from the alternate Cypriot universe. This week, the virus strikes back, golden passports come back to bite Cyprus, but discussion is deflected in petty politics, and is there a life after love for Kudret and Ankara? This podcast is not funded by UNHCR, Kudret Otsusai, or the Emir of Qatar. And we're back after the vacations. Hello, Esra. Hello, Yorgos. How are you? I'm good. I'm back in sunny Brussels. You're back in sunny Lisbon. I, I am. Sunny. Yeah, it is actually very sunny. <laughs> we went through the whole summer and we went to Cyprus on either side and disgustingly didn't manage to record anything or to meet. But I guess yeah. maybe our listeners needed a vacation from us as we needed a vacation. So. Yeah, but then, but, but back. then, but then it was this whole, you know, crossing points not being completely open and still needing tests, uh, you know, problem that kept us from visiting, uh, the, the other side and our friends on the other side. So, um, yeah, if so, we were to do that, we would have to get our nostril swab twice. Yep. Every, for every time, for every 72 hours. Exactly. Well, this is uh, the new normal or the normal for now? Well, it's bad because it is actually showing us what a real division or division before the crossing points were open uh, was like. Um, People are not really crossing. There are very few people willing to undergo the the tests to visit their, you know, friends or visit the other side. Or having money to splurge every time. Exactly. Exactly. It's not, it's not cheap. So, so yeah, the division uh, is getting worse. But speaking of things that are not cheap, let me catch you up with what's been happening with uh, your Cypriot passport. You know your Cypriot passport? That really nice, really nice little booklet. I have yep. mine here so I can show you. Mm-hmm. Now, so this thing, as you might know, after uh, the whole coverage by Al Jazeera, we knew this already, now the entire world knows, used to cost around 2 million euros. People could get it without having any connection to the country. Then uh, the government, after being told off by literally everybody, went and fixed the program. But it was too late because a lot of crooks had managed to get through the holes. So, um, it's all news for most of the people who've been following news from Cyprus by now. So I'm going to just uh, catch up with what's been going on in the internal, uh, scandal and the situation. So after this whole situation with the golden passports came to light again and the discussion started, uh, happening and heated up and became an internal, an internal political issue, the latest thing of essence that happened is really that, uh, the European Union, uh, through the Commissioner for Justice Reiners uh, said that, look, we're looking at this issue, we're examining and following it closely. We're expecting Cyprus to look into uh, what's uh, been happening with the, with the passports that were given without the proper checks. Mm-hmm. And we're examining our options as a European Union to take legislative measures or to uh, begin an infringement procedure. But they left it at that because now Brussels is waiting to see what the government will do. And the government has started doing things. After after this whole uh, circus that they started 
accusing the Emir of Qatar of being friends with Turkey. And, yeah, uh, I know. What was that all about? That was classic deflection. They said that they, they thought that the voters could be convinced if you just said, ah, it's the foreign powers and the friends with Turkey, let alone the fact that Al Jazeera has criticized Turkey as well. Uh-huh. And let alone the fact that despite the government complaining about Qatar controlling Al Jazeera and it not being a real media, mm-hmm. unlike our media in Cyprus, um, <laughs> the president did go ahead and call the emir when he found out the story was about to break to give him his point of view and ask him to tone it down. And then the government spokesman came out and admitted that the president had called the emir of Qatar to do that. So, you know, it's mm-hmm. fine. It's Intervening is fine if it's in our interest, but not in any other interest. Not in anyway. any other way. Yeah, yeah, sure. So after all this, uh, now the government has created this four-member committee that will check every single passport application from 2000, I want to say seven, but it might be before, up all the way up to when the when the rules were tightened and made yeah. proper, and it's mm-hmm. no longer free-for-all. Uh, this committee was initially going to consist of the Attorney General and some other people, but mm-hmm. after some complaints that the Attorney General used to be a Minister for Justice mm-hmm. before he was put into the Attorney General position, so which means that he might have been directly implicated as the Minister for Justice in this. They recanted and put some independent uh, independent uh, lawyers and uh, legal experts, including the assistant of the Auditor General, like the Audit Office, even though he's supposed to be there in his personal capacity. And that's the other thing. I'm going into this to mention that um, somehow the government managed to make it into an issue of their position. Why is the position looking into this? Why did someone... Uh, leak this information. We'll investigate who leaked this information. And then it became an issue is, why does the Office of the Editor General want to uh, look at the passports? He's not obliged to. I mean, the government should be doing it. It became this whole legal, political, internal mess that completely misdirected the discussion from the point, Mm -hmm. which was that the government had admitted, and at the end of the day, it does admit that Passports were given to people that shouldn't have been given, and people took a, and people and law firms took advantage of this system exactly. in ways that are not uh, kosher. And, and do you want to mention some of the fun people who actually got this passport? <laughs> There's a long list. I don't of... remember all the details. It's a long list, and there were people. There, from, there you know, are quite uh, horrifying people <laughs> from <laughs> Vietnam that were persecuted and the, the fun thing is that the Al Jazeera reports didn't really add something in essence we already knew that uh, the yeah. family of some dictators in Cambodia were getting passports or that this yeah. uh, this con man from Malaysia who was partying with Paris Hilton mm. got uh, a passport so all that they added really was a longer list of people all of them of equal horribleness, some of them connected to Assad, some of them connected to uh, the Saudi royal family, like all sorts of uh, shitty things, that's one thing. And the other thing they added is that they made it really public around the world and definitive. Yeah. Yeah. It's no longer something that's in there, this proof in this papers, and that's what mm-hmm. they got uh, really didn't like, and that's why they tried to yeah. 
uh, changed the agenda constantly. They were trying to change the agenda all the time on this, and they weren't making it because no one wanted to let it go. But now that mm -hmm. this committee is going to investigate it, we'll, we'll see what will happen. Uh, the, the experience on independent investigative committees in Cyprus is usually that a report mm -hmm. comes out, the government makes noise, people make noise, and then it's not really mm -hmm. looked after, mm -hmm. looked into mm -hmm. as much as it should have been. So this is the latest from uh, okay. the big passport saga. Okay. I hope I'm not uh, missing anything, anything out on that. While at the same time, remember, we give passports out for money while some people are not able to get them at all. Exactly. The, the ch children of Turkish Cypriots who are born of mixed marriages are still being denied the, the very valuable and expensive passport. Um, and, it should be uh, free for Cypriot citizens and their children. Of, of course, it should be free. <laughs> and, it is, and it is their right. If uh, either of the parents is a Cypriot national, the child has the right to become a Cypriot national. But um, the government of the Republic of Cyprus, unfortunately, is not applying this, this law and is violating the, the human rights of thousands of children right now. Um, so I'm hoping that this whole, um, you know, scandal, this uh, passport saga is also going to um, open some discussion about the people who are not able to get it while they're entitled to it. Um, so I think this, this should be discussed all together. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I saw you... I, Spoiler our, alert! Our, our listeners cannot see, but I can see your facial expressions. <laughs> Spoiler alert! I don't think that will come into the agenda, like at all, in yeah. itself, unless there's some scandal about it. The main issue with this is that it's you know one of the side effects in of of the politics, and another thing where that side effect of the politics is the fact that there's other people also that might deserve citizenship. Along, you know, down along the line when they work for years in Cyprus and when they, mm -hmm. and that's uh, usually migrants. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. or a country that should be able to award the people that come and work. I'm not talking about, you know, people that just want to uh, come to, if that actually exists, but I'm talking about people that, and that's true and it happens, people that come, work for years, and they're treated like second class citizens and they're kicked out as we can kick them out and they, Yeah. And the path to citizenship is not as easy as maybe it should be if we want to be a modern society that has. Mm -hmm. But that's, a, again, you know, a side effect of uh, the fact of, uh, of division and the lack of any sort mm -hmm. of prospect. It's one of those things that no one wants to talk about while there's uh, the Cyprus problem, quote unquote. Of course, Cyprus problem is a very good excuse for, for not discussing or doing anything. <laughs> And it's a good excuse for what the government's sides. been doing. It's a good excuse for what the government's been doing, which is the second thing I wanted to get to. Uh, after being accused by the EU for years, mm -hmm. and now it mm -hmm. has climax into this about passports, yeah. Yeah. now another wave seems to crest. For the past few days, uh, the government has started uh, turning back more and more boats of migrants trying to arrive to Cyprus from Lebanon. Mm, it has yeah. done it before because of the corona as an excuse. 
for both okay. coming uh, from Turkey through the waters around the occupied areas or through the occupied areas uh, has in occasion turned them back to Syria mm-hmm. or Turkey, uh, mm-hmm. giving them food at some time, but, but okay. completely sidestepping the fact that you're obliged when people come to mm-hmm. welcome them and then process exactly. them properly. And if you don't want to give them asylum or you see that they're economic migrants that cannot you get... you can't just turn You them can't away. just sell them, turn them away and get back. Yeah. Uh, but now the, the fact that it happened with boats from Lebanon, which is mm-hmm. a government that we actually recognize have relations with, mm-hmm. and where there's an actual real problem right now, just to turn it back, it's kind of not done. And it's been noticed in Brussels. Though they've been careful not to say anything yet, they gave indications that, look, we give you money to figure out how to handle increased migrant flows better. But we expect you to abide by EU law and human rights, etc. And also expect the authorities to investigate and in the wrongdoing mm-hmm. by the authorities themselves. Yeah. Which makes sense in countries where there's independent authorities that look into Exactly. <laughs> but not in Cyprus where there's no independent authorities whatsoever because, again, of a side effect of our constitution, mm-hmm. which only had balance between Greek Cypriots and Turkish Cypriots, but once the Turkish Cypriots were out of the government, then you anyone no, could do whatever they want. You have no checks. <laughs> yeah, because the constitution is basically this thing that you do whatever you want with it. Exactly, exactly. That's why we love it so much, no? Yeah, that's why we love it so much and want to keep it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we've come to this point now. The government keeps complaining about it to the EU about migrants. We've come to this point that just because... So the fact that Turkey has been trolling the Republic of Cyprus by allowing smugglers to send more and more migrants, uh, both with migrants from Turkey or people through the north, doesn't mean that Cyprus doesn't have mm-hmm. obligations on human rights mm-hmm. and those people. It's sad, it's, unnat- it's not normal, but that's how it is. And the whole problem, the whole issue is instead of facing the migrant issue like this, enormous national threat that should be instead making the processes of examining applications faster and more humane mm-hmm. and better. They've, but they've taken some steps to that, to that direction, but at the same time, they're doing things like turning boats back, yeah. putting people in danger or, you know, just even if they're not putting people in danger, just breaking EU law. Yeah. Yeah. So talking um, of uh, Corona, people doing whatever the hell they want, <laughs> or Corona. Yeah, I think yeah. Talking of uh, people doing whatever the hell they want to do, I think it's uh, timely <laughs> to mention the North and what's going on there. Um, so the agenda in the North uh, has been overtaken by corona completely um we have a big crisis we have a huge panic among people um because they are no longer able to tell where this you know pandemic is is um where the source is they cannot find the sources um so and everything started of course on the 1st of July when they decided that they were going to allow planes and ships to arrive boats to arrive 
and um when they did not uh, when they did not listen to the doctors who were saying that the people coming from turkey should be quarantined for a, a week or 14 days they did not want to do that they thought that would kill the economy they thought you know they it would kill tourism the casinos whatever so they allowed these people to come uh with uh, pcr tests and they took another test as they arrived but it's it uh, seems that this was not enough so ever since the 1st of july the number of cases have been increasing and now we are having we are finding cases among locals while at the beginning it was only in tourists people coming from turkey mainly now it is in locals and it's it they they found it in a school they found it at the the courts uh they found it in you know um public departments so it's it is it, people are in a state of panic so yesterday um new decisions were taken uh they first of all stopped all uh flights and boat uh, arrivals until the 1st of um of october yeah uh they closed the schools so the schools were open like for two days and then they were closed again and well, that's the best for the kids yeah. <laughs> and you're the, lucky that you're the, not there now the kids must be the kids must be so happy i am so lucky to not be there because i would be taking a test every 72 hours just to get my kids to school and it, that was not going to be fun but anyway, so um, yeah, the clubs and discos and bars are closed until the first. I think what they are trying to do is um, to, you know, get things under control uh, until uh, and until then uh, stop new cases from arriving or or the the pandemic from spreading even further. Because um, the doctors are saying that you know the the capacity of the hospital is full. You know they don't have enough beds they don't have enough you know nothing ventilators nothing to to deal with these um patients uh the good thing is that not, nobody is in intensive care so nobody is really you know um dying because of this disease but there are a lot of cases that are positive and that that need to be monitored and uh, isolated and quarantined the, as I said, there is a very big panic. Um, and now, again, we have elections. Remember, the, the previous time elections were postponed because of the coronavirus. Now that we have elections on the 11th of October, the coronavirus hits again. So, you know, people are also questioning whether the elections are going to, you know, go ahead or not. Um, there are calls on the government, government quote, or without quotes, whichever Put you prefer. Them okay, I can hear them. I hear quotes when you, you say government. Yeah. As a Greek Cypriot, I hear them automatically, so you don't have Automatically, to. or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of criticism towards the government. They have not been able to handle the situation properly. They did not quarantine people from Turkey when they had to. 
and this and that. So there are calls for the government to resign and, and, and allow for a transitional government or coalition to be formed before the before elections. Um, and actually, one of the, the political parties, the um, Social Democracy Party, Mm-hmm. gave a motion of uh, non-confidence for the government, but their numbers are not enough. You need nine people to sign it, and there are only, like, three. So they would need people from the other parties to give their signatures to submit this vote of, you know, this vote of non-confidence to, to the parliament. Do you think um, that's feasible? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. I think... Uh, the opposition is quite happy that the the, the whole corona problem is uh, you know hurting yeah. the current coalition, and they would not want to be part of a coalition when things are this bad because things are really bad right now. So yeah, I don't I don't expect that to be going anywhere. Um, speaking of elections, the polls still show Akunja as the leading candidate. It's so funny because, um, the more Ankara, you know, acts against Akunja or speaks against Akunja, the more power they give to him. And it's weird how, like, adult men do not realize <laughs> the effects of the, the, you know, consequences of their actions but it's good for us they should continue to you know um hit at Akunja the way they are because it is only making him stronger but over the past weeks we have seen some not even I mean they don't even try to hide it anymore I mean Ankara is doing it so openly the um, Turkish ambassador in the north for example gave a dinner to some of the uh, members um, and members of parliament from the National Unity Party mm-hmm. who are openly against Ersin Tatar, the National Unity Party's candidate. So what was reported that he tried to convince them to stand behind their party's candidate because, oh. Oh. you know, Akunji is leading and we need him to lose, right? And... A couple of weeks before that, Fuat Oktay, the deputy president of uh, Turkey, uh, invited the heads of the right-wing parties in the north and asked them to agree on a joint, on a common candidate against Akunja. And so how's um, that thing going? How's the right-wing tonight? <laughs> no, it, it, was, it didn't go anywhere because... The the smaller right-wing parties said they would only uh, support Ersin Tatar, the National Unity Party uh, candidate, if he runs independent. And Ersin Tatar was like, there is no way I'm running independent. My party is the biggest party, so I'm running from my party. So it did not go anywhere. Um, but But Ankara is every week coming up with very creative you know, things to do to uh, reduce the chances of Akunja. But as I said, it is, it is uh, having the, the opposite effect. It is um, 
strengthening him even more. Speaking of support, so what's what's happening with Kudret? Where's the Okay What's happening Kudret. with that love affair? He used to be he used to be so well, central. He city, was but... Ankara's boy, wasn't he? I mean uh, he Or even even yeah. the right wings in the in the south was yeah, yeah. him and had True. dinner with him secretly. Well exactly, exactly. What happened? Yeah. yeah, he's out of the out of the even you know the list you know it is not even nobody gives him a chance anymore and um i heard a little rumor about why ankara kind of gave up on him and it is because of uh, varosha you know opening varosha was Kudret's initiative, let's say. He convinced Ankara or together with Ankara, they discussed and they decided that, you know, uh, it it should not stay closed like this. It should open and whatever. But and they did not agree on the, the basic thing of what opening would mean. And, you know, FKF jumped in and they said, we have properties there. And then... Of course, they have properties the, everywhere. You know, the, every, it's, it's the whole Cyprus is there. It's like, it's like a joke. Anytime something happens, FKF is like, I got property there. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> I know, right? So FKF jumped in and then Ersin Tatar jumped in and he declared that Varosha would become the Las Vegas of Cyprus. And it became this whole mess. And Kudret was not able to control control and um, he was trying to say you know we are going to respect the rights of the property owners and whatever but then FKAF was like but I am the property owner so apparently Ankara and Kudret had a had a very big fight over this because what Ankara has planned is not what Kudret really had in mind Kudret Mm. um, to give him some credit Kudret was thinking of giving the opportunity to the Greek Cypriot owners to, you know, go to the property commission and demand their property back or demand compensation and whatever. But um, what Ankara had in mind was just to open it like any other place in the north has been opened. And um, maybe give some contracts for reconstruction to companies that are around Exactly. The president. Exactly. And um Bonanza, Las Vegas. That's exactly. why he said Las Vegas Tatar. He was along the lines and of that. We're also hearing that there are efforts, like individual efforts, individually, they're going after Greek Cypriot owners mm. and offering money to buy their property. And there is um um apparently Russian and Chinese money behind this. So yeah, just to buy it off. And uh, to to take the rest and completely turkify Varosha and um, make it um, Turkish Cypriots, um, both in property ownership and uh, as um, title deeds or as an area. So um, apparently Kudret had a big problem with this and and, uh, he... Didn't he was not on board, and there was a big problem between him and Ankara over this. Maybe um, he should come out and say it. Has this been written in the media? Or is this your information? No, this is my information. It has not been written. Um, I'm well, sure both sides today. will. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure both sides will deny it, which tells you it's true. <laughs> by the way, but but yeah, uh, so so that's when 
actually the the bridge was burnt between Ankara and Kudret, apparently. The, well, you heard um, it here first, folks. Yeah. broke the news of what happened and why Varosha yeah. did not become the Las Vegas of this Mediterranean. They they seem to be, you know, confident that they will be opening it soon. They keep announcing, making statements. Nobody knows. Nobody knows under what circumstances if the the original Greek Cypriot owners are going to, you know, be given any chance uh, to to go back. So I mean, I I want I want to say I hope they do it properly. But having lived with Turkish Cypriots and Turks long enough, I have my doubts. So yeah, uh, it's it's I have concerns. But there's the other uh, thing that at least we're avoiding, avoiding, or maybe we'll not avoid it. Maybe if there's some agreement between the two sides and technical committee, etc., maybe we can attract investors mm-hmm. to invest in Varosha and give them Cypriot passports. <laughs> okay. There you go. I found another way for everyone to make money again, this time together. And- and and please, do you have a solution for my children's uh, denied rights to the Cypriot passport? <laughs> no, they'll just have to give money like everyone else. So uh, okay. We'll go through the proper yeah. proper channels, which are, you know, go through a law firm connected to a president or a minister Ooh, I have or to an MP. Two, two million first. <laughs> <laughs> To two each, four million. <laughs> I need to make the money first. I don't know. Maybe it's cheaper when they're younger. Let's try and see what the, uh, uh, the price list is. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I grown up and a child, two million. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> okay. So this was buffering. We broke news. We uh, found the solution to Varosha. We discovered why Kutra and Ankara are not in love anymore. And we'll see you next week then. Hab on Yeah. See you next week and wear your masks and cover your nose. (laughs) Wear your mask and cover your fucking nose, you animals. (laughs) Have a great week. Bye-bye.